Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I am your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. It is week 11. It is time to talk about our best bets for the weekend of the NFL. With me to do that here is Mike Randall from the Action Network. Find him on Twitter at RandallRant. Mike, thanks for joining me today. How are you doing? I appreciate you having me. It's exciting. We got NFL football, fantasy football is hitting the playoffs. Lines are getting sharper, Dan. So yes. we really got to de- go deep in this analyzation. But there are some advantages here we're going to talk about. Really excited to join you. You know, I got your picks uh, beforehand, as I as I always tell our audience. And I was annoyed at you because you took a few games that I wanted. But it's fine. It's good that we're on the same side, although I am on the different side uh, of one of you. I We're going to go through uh, last week very briefly with our guests. But this was annoying because it was my first really bad week where I went 0-3. The, the annoying part is, Mike, is again, on the Betting Pros app, which you know I know you use, obviously, to run the experts, we have a leaderboard and we sort of went. And I was 8-3 uh, and three against the spread last week. And unfortunately, the ones I gave out are the losers here. So I apologize. You, though, good sir, were second. You had a perfect week there. Only four picks, but 4-0. Oh. What were you on last week out of curiosity? Do you remember the picks that you got right? Oh, yeah. You know, it was New England right away. I liked yep. Belichick at home. Cleveland just seemed to be limping in, and everyone was kind of over the top there. Um, there were so many different games that I thought were interesting. The Cowboy game, it was just a gut feel. You know, Atlanta had played well, and I thought the Cowboys are really good. We're going to talk about them later with Kansas City. So laying the points to me was no problem. It was a good week, Dan. It was one of those no sweats yeah. where right away. The one that was a little close, which I was happy about, was the Saints. Yeah. That number got down to two and yep. a half, and yep. you know they, they limped to the finish line. But how many times have we lost one at the end? So I'll take it there. It was a perfect week, you know, on to this week. But yeah, it was fun. I was certainly rooting for the uh, the Saints to not convert the two-point conversion. I would just take <laughs> right, I would right, take the right. two and a half. Right? Yeah, I was on that as well. Tough game here. Maybe we'll talk about the Titans a little bit later. Uh, but before we get into it, you know, you guys know what we're going to do. We're going to give our three best bets. We'll run through all the spreads just in case we have a lean, which I've talked to Mike a little bit. We both have a lean in a certain game that neither one of us has picked. Uh, but let me remind you first about the latest offer from BetMGM. Bet new customers using the code JUICE100. If you bet on any NFL game, any team, you bet $10, you win $200 if the team you bet on scores a touchdown. Simple as that. That's almost certainly going to happen. Again, code JUICE100. That is available in New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Virginia, Iowa, Washington, D.C., Arizona, and Wyoming. So I will quickly run through last week, as I said. Our guest, Ben Stevens, had the Saints getting two and a half, which is, again, I said last week, another pick that I liked and I was on as well. He also hit on the uh, Bills and the Jets over 48 points. So his third one was a player prop that he really liked, which was Derek Carr over pass attempts. Now, the line wasn't actually out when we did it. So I basically had him give me the line where he would go. He said if it was over 35 and a half, he wouldn't take it, but he would take it anything under. The line turned out to be 36 and a half. So I'm going to give him a pass. Even though it went under, it was only 35. He would have technically missed. But he did say don't bet it if it was over 35 and a half. So I'm going to give him a 2-0 and whatever. Uh, and I went 0-3. I was on the other side of that Patriots game. I really thought the Browns were going to be able to take care of business there. I have not had a good beat on the Patriots this year. I fully admit that. I also had the under in that game. 
uh, which the Patriots basically took care of themselves. And I missed on the Seahawks getting three and a half uh, from the Packers, which is funny because the defense sort of played and Rodgers was a little rusty. I just don't think I factored in just quite how rusty Russ would have been. So that's bad. We're going to bounce back this week, 16 and 14 now in the season. All right, uh, Mike, we can go with you. I will give out the betting pros consensus lines. Again, at betting pros, we give out the lines from basically every single book. So you can see generally where you want to attack. I always have to bet DraftKings. So that's where I have in New Hampshire, but you can bet obviously whatever your book is, but there is a consensus line based on all of the books. And again, I mentioned the app that uh, Mike and I, you know, had good weeks last week. Mike was the second most accurate expert here uh, against the spread um, in terms of, well, obviously it was perfect, but in units, in terms of units one, I was 11th. So uh, you can make your own picks though, also on the Betting Pros app, and you can see where you stand. All right, Mike, begin your first pick, sir. I'm going to start right off the bat with the one that I've targeted almost all year, Dan, and that's the Vikings. I believe getting two and a half. I love the Vikings in this spot. They are third in pass defense DVOA, and they were great against the Chargers on the road. That was a sharp game last week. People love the Vikings, and really the Sharps did, but the public liked the Chargers, even though they have injuries, even though Danielle Hunter is out. Last week, two sacks, interceptions, six QB hits against a very good offensive line on the Chargers and an explosive passing attack. Vikings are 5-3-1 last nine games against Green Bay, including last year when they won 28-22 at Green Bay. In that game, Rodgers, Devontae Adams, three touchdowns together. Packers still lost. No Aaron Jones this week. And the Packers defense has been playing better, but they do have injuries. Zadarius Smith's been out, of course. Jair Alexander's on IR. No merciless. And then, of course, on offense, no Aaron Jones. Robert Tunyon, which kills them in the red zone. Vikings may even get better in their secondary. Their secondary has been playing well, but they had injuries. Patrick Peterson should be back. Harrison Smith. Public's going to hammer Green Bay like they always do with the Packers and the Cowboys. I like it at two and a half. If there's a way to get to three, I would. I like a, this Vikings offense, which has been able to put up points. Last year, Dalvin Cook hammered the Packers in Green Bay. That's how they won that game. Right now, you're looking at the majority of bets and money on the Packers. So, of course, being a contrarian, always good in the betting world. I want the, the Vikings. I'm invested in them. I had them as a future to win the division at plus 350. Can they get there? It seems like they can't, but if they sweep the Packers, they'd be real close. I think they start here like the Vikings as a home underdog here, getting a couple points against Rodgers and the Packers. Rodgers still coming out of COVID, not sure how he's going to be, and he's missing a lot of weapons. Yeah, this is an interesting one, Mike, because I do think that these teams, really, when you just take a step back and you take a look, they're very even. Like They're, they're both equal teams, essentially. Um, I know, obviously, the record's 8-2, and two. The Vikings four and five, but the Vikings, man, like, you know, they show up some of these games and they look like they might be one of the best teams in football. And then other games are like, oh, God, I can't even I can't even watch this at this point. Yeah. This is obviously a divisional game. It's home for the Vikings. So it's going to be good. What's interesting is you make the good point of the fact that the public is hitting the Packers in this game. And the line is moving in the other direction, mm -hmm. right? Like the line is slowly coming down. There's a lot of twos out there. There are some one and a halfs out there right now. So it's moving in the other direction, which shows you sort of how the books and how the sharps generally think of it. I'm with you in this pick. It was one of the ones, Mike, when you picked it, I said it was on my list, right? It was on my list of potentials. I don't know if I could have done it, mainly just because I've seen Kirk Cousins in the spot too many times where it's like, this is your spot, man. This should be it. This is the game. And he doesn't come through. I do think 
that the loss of Aaron Jones is bigger than people are giving it credit for, right? Because of the fact that A.J. Dillon looks so good as a running back. But Dillon is not the same caliber of blocker in terms of pass protection or anything like that. He's not the same as a pass catcher, although he's been more involved this whole year than I expected him to be in that, you know, at all, just given what we saw in college. But it's a big loss here for it. And as the Vikings defense does get healthier, as they gel a little more, I think you're on the right side. I don't know if it would have been one of my picks, but I think you're on the right side. So, And, ha- and Dan, how about the fact that, remember, Minnesota should have beat Arizona earlier in the year. They made yes. the field goal on the road. Yep. And then both teams have a common opponent against the Bengals. Vikings lost week one on a, a last-second field goal by the Bengals. Packers should have lost at the Bengals, but no one can make a field goal in overtime for the longest time. So, yeah. like you said, I think they're very, very close teams. Vikings home, give me a couple points. I'll take it. Yeah, the Vikings really should be six and three. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if they played sort of where they mm-hmm. are and, and they can win any game, but they can also come out and you can be like, what what is happening? Right. Like, what is this game? So we'll have to see. But yeah, this is a pretty evenly matched game. You got a home team getting some points. I'm definitely on the same side. It's not one of my picks, though, uh, and I haven't bet it, but I would go that way. All right, Mike, let's let's start with the game that you and I talked about that found interesting here. Uh, and it's the quote unquote sharp side, as we had talked about. And it's the Raiders plus one at home uh, against the Bengals. I talked about this on Monday. We do the Look Ahead Lines podcast, which I like the spot for the Raiders. Our guests liked it for the Bengals, but I liked it for the Raiders then. I like it for now. Now, I don't love the Raiders. It's much more of a fade of the Bengals. But I do think that's a pretty decent spot for them here. They've got two bad losses in a row, right? Like, obviously, you've got the Giants, then they're embarrassed by the Chiefs. But this is this is basically it. This is you got to take a stand right now if you're the Raiders and you have any sort of semblance of playoff hopes or anything like that. Two of the next three games are the Chiefs and the Cowboys. Both of those games are on the road. So you lose this one. Your season might as well just basically be over. So I think you're going to get a spirited effort here on both sides of the ball. Um, It's a home game. Crowd's going to be into it. So that's where it is. But this is much more of a fate of the Bengals. Like, people love the Bengals early on. It was very exciting. They've got the young kids here with Jamar Chase. Amazing. Joe Burrow has looked great for the most part as he came back earlier, sort of rounded into form a little earlier than I expected. But they are 25th in overall DVOA. Like, I mean, DVOA is not everything, but that sort of gives you a good sense of what they actually are as a team. They're coming off losses to the Jets and the Browns. And I know they're coming off a bye, but the bye hasn't really meant that much when you're looking at teams covering or not covering against spread here off the bye this year in particular. And I really don't trust Zach Taylor on the road. It's a young team. It's in Las Vegas. That always makes me a little nervous. For the Raiders offense, the loss of Andrew Ruggs is big, but I do think, I mean, Deshaun Jackson obviously had that big fumble, but he played nine snaps last week. He's going to play a little bit more this week. I think that's going to be able to help them do what they need to do, which is stretch the field a lot more to open up the underneath routes for Hunter Renfro, for Darren Waller. We saw uh, Brian Edwards get a little more involved. And the loss of Alec Ingold is bad. I mean, he's he's an important part, actually. Their running game, their running game has struggled. But it's just a bounce-back spot. And there are two things when I looked at sort of what are we going to see here from the defense, which isn't, isn't that great or anything like that, uh, versus the Bengals' offense. Again, which I just – I never feel like it's really – firing on all cylinders. The first thing that I saw is that the Raiders have a very good pass rush. Okay, now they didn't get any sacks against Patrick Mahomes, but this was just that was just a spot where I think the Chiefs were like, okay, we've got it now. We're going to do a lot of quick plays. We're going to get it out. The Raiders ranked ninth in pressure rate uh, on the year. That's a 26%. And again, they just had the Chiefs where they they didn't get a lot of pressure, but they do that despite the fact that they blitz at the lowest clip in the league, right? 13.8% by far the lowest in the league. They don't blitz, but they do get 
pressure with Max Crosby and everything. So the Bengals give up a ton of sacks. Uh, so it's just kind of a bad matchup when you can get pressure on any young quarterback here without blitzing. And the second is that the Raiders, you know, they play a lot of uh, cover three here. They play a lot of zone. You look at how Burrow performs. He's much better against defenses that play man rather than zone. Mm-hmm. So I think this is really just a spot. I mean, I I hate to say too many good things about the Raiders because right? I'm not buying the Raiders necessarily, but I'm much more selling the Bengals, even coming off a buy. I just don't believe in the team coming into Vegas. I think they struggle. It's a, basically a pick em game. I will take the home team. So give me the Raiders here. Getting one. I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, Mike, how you said it's probably the sharp side of yep. it. But, you know, obviously the public probably is going to be a little more on Cincy, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And the sharp side last week, like I mentioned, was the Vikings. The line where you're saying, hmm, why is the public one way and the money's going the other way? This is what you have with the Raiders here. Let's not forget Zach Taylor per Bet Labs, 415 and one against the spread <laughs> on the road. Okay. Yep. And you see that tweet he had out the other day about when he goes, he loves to play roulette. He loves to play roulette. I jokingly put out, give me the Raiders here. He's a little too focused on gambling. But <laughs> Derek Carr has not typically been a turnover machine. He's a right. very safe quarterback. He's had some bad turnovers. I think last week was just a spot against the Chiefs that it got out of hand, but they have played very well at home. They've competed. Remember against the Ravens earlier this year. I think the Raiders are a better team overall. People are going to side with the Bengals because of the explosive offense. And like you said, Vegas has adjusted to teams coming off a bye. And even with that adjustment, we're looking at the Raiders here only being a one-point dog. So I am with you. I think it's the sharp side this week. Vegas and the Raiders here against the Bengals. I don't want to put too much into the young team traveling out to Vegas to sort of play. Mm-hmm. But I, it does factor in to me. Like you got a veteran team like like Mahomes, fine. Like the Chiefs, whatever. Like it doesn't yeah. really matter. You got a young team like this. Coming out to Vegas, totally like, agree. I, I don't think it's it's not like a huge thing, but it certainly is something that I think can be distracting a little bit mm-hmm. uh, and can factor in. But again, this spot, the Raiders, if they need this game, like this is their season essentially, yep. and they're a better team I think than they've showed the last couple of weeks. So, all right, go to your second pick, Mike. What do you have? Give me the Seahawks. I love to fade the knee jerk reaction, Dan. Last week's loss to Green Bay, Russell Wilson didn't look good. Didn't have touch on the deep ball. Well, let's look at this a little deeper. They held the Packers with Aaron Rodgers at home to 17 points. Wilson had an interception in the end zone, really didn't play well. The Seahawks defense has actually been improving throughout the year. Let's remember that Seattle with the 12th man at home, which they didn't have last year, always really tough. Per Bet Labs, 24-12-6 is what Pete Carroll is in his career against the spread coming off a loss. Seahawks had a brutal schedule, but they battled through it with Geno Smith. Lost to the Rams, that's the game Wilson got hurt. Steelers, three-point loss, that was with Geno. Lost to the Saints by three at home, that was with Geno. Kyler Murray is very up in the air, and Dan, when he doesn't run, he is not the same quarterback, and the Cardinals don't win at the same rate. If he doesn't run for at least 20 yards, he averages eight fewer fantasy points per game, and in the games that he doesn't hit 20, he usually has hit over his career eight which means when he's limited, he's very, very limited. He is not a prolific pocket passer. He's best when he's running outside of the tackles, trying to create on his own. DeAndre Hopkins has been hurt all season long. They don't have Chase Edmonds. Seattle needs this game badly. And look, don't forget that the Seahawks are still in the playoff race. They're only three and six. The Panthers are in and they're five and five. So you're telling me now after nine games, they're out of the playoff race. They are at home. Their schedule is getting better. Division games are always close. 
If Murray doesn't play, I'm going to love it. Like last week, I grabbed Carolina right away, getting 10 and a half. Yes. We heard no Murray. It got down to six. In this case, this could easily flip on Sunday. Arizona has their bye next week. I don't know why you'd rush Murray back. And if it's still uncertain at this point, he's probably not healthy, which in his career means he hasn't always played well. I love Seattle as a home dog here, getting two and a half. And I think Russ starts to cook again because the Seahawks need to make a playoff push. Yeah. So there are a couple of things. One is just like you said, it is moving a little bit to two now. So it's bouncing back and forth between mm-hmm. two and two and a half. I think you're on the right side of this. I do not expect Kyler Murray to play. I understand right. he's back at practice. But if you are the Cardinals, you have a bye next week. Like you, it's just not worth it. Like you have right. long term goals here. Right. Yep. All right. You yep. got to be careful with this. But even if he plays, Mike, as you said, he is going to be limited like there. He's not coming back in 100 percent. He's not going to run as much. That is a huge, huge thing for Kyler Murray, and we saw last year. So it's something that is going to affect them. You talked about the Seahawks. This is talked about a little bit with the Raiders. This is a last stand a little bit with the Seahawks, Mm -hmm. because if you go to three and seven, then it's tough, right? Then it's really tough. But you win this game. You mentioned it. They get Washington. They have the Texans. They have the Bears. They have the Lions. They've got a lot of really winnable games here. You win this game, and suddenly, like, that seventh spot, that's right there for you. I wonder, though, and I was on the Seahawks last week thinking that Wilson would be okay. I mean, if Wilson plays anything like what he played last week, it's going to be tough for them to beat, you know, the sure. Jets at this point. Are you thinking that this was really just a, man, really rusty, had to get used to it, should be closer to the rust that we see, that we expected to see in this game? Totally agree. Remember those videos of him going through plays on his own with, the, with you know, with no one around in, in yep. pregame when he had the, the injury? No one works harder than this guy. I think it was a bad mix. I think it was the cold. It was in Green Bay. The touch was gone. It will come back. Chris Carson should be activated for this game. He almost was last week, and he should be for this game. And look, if you look at Arizona, they switched to Colt McCoy late in the week against San Francisco. I really believe that San Francisco was preparing for Kyler Murray and got all thrown off. Last week, Carolina prepared for Colt McCoy, and you saw what happens. If they go with Colt McCoy again, it's not going to go well. That's why he's a backup quarterback. So in some ways, Arizona wants Murray to play because they know what they have in McCoy, but Murray is still going to be compromised and you have your bye. I think it's a mess. Cliff Kingsbury, I'm not a fan of. That offense is not explosive. They've been efficient, and they really have benefited from some early game turnovers. Even against San Francisco, Kittle makes a a catch. He fumbles. They score a touchdown. Ayuk makes a catch. He fumbles. They score a touchdown. As long as Seattle doesn't turn this ball over, I think they control this game with the defense. And I don't even know if Russ has to have 300 yards. He just has to be solid because at home they have such an advantage. By the way, I mean, you did bring it up. The defense for Seattle, which was not a plus necessarily early on, has played so much better uh, of late that it's now something, again, at home, something. It's a, it's a positive unit, basically, at this point. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm with you. This was a game I would have taken, uh, Mike, for sure. As you know, I'm going to let you have it, which is fine. Thank you. Since I went, Thank you. You're, you're quite welcome. You are the guest. <laughs> uh, instead, I'm going to take a game that when I first looked at I said, I want no part of this game other than to have some popcorn and watch. And instead, when I dug into it, I said, "Okay, you know what? I'm going to take the Chiefs laying under a field goal at two and a half uh, against the Cowboys. And this line hasn't moved all week. All these lines we're talking about, like they've all had a little bit of movement one way or another. Blah, blah, blah. This one just stuck two and a half. I looked into this game, Mike, and I was going through it a little bit. Um, let's start with just historically, this is a spot where you back Mahomes and the Chiefs. It's obviously a home field advantage. 
Uh, it's a big one. We know always about how like, man, the Chiefs don't cover, the Chiefs don't cover, the Chiefs don't cover. Chiefs don't cover because they're always pretty significant favorites, right? When they are a dog, which is rare, or a short home favorite, it's 77% of the time where Mahomes will cover. So just historically speaking, put out anything else. This is a good spot for Mahomes. Um, you saw the offensive adjustments last week, right? You, you figured we would eventually see them. I didn't know when we would see them. We finally did see them. And you look at their offense. Their offense has been broken for whatever, blah, 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 blah. The Chiefs are second uh, behind the box in EPA per play offensively. And just to explain what that means to everybody, EPA is essentially expected points added. That's basically how well a team performs relative to what the expectations would be. Uh, they're, again, behind only the box, as I said. They're better than the Bills, the Cardinals, the Rams. Like, their offense looks terrible and looks broken, but it's still basically one of the truly elite units in the NFL. They're first in success rate, 51.7%. That's basically how efficient your offense is within the context of a play. How about the defense? That's been the big deal, right? It has been much maligned all year. Everybody hates the defense. It's been terrible. One of the worst defenses in the league. That's true. But not as much lately, right? They're playing a little better lately. They've allowed 16 points per game over the last five. Yes, they've had some soft matchups. The Giants, the Packers without Aaron Rodgers, of course. Um, but we didn't talk about it that much when we were looking at their defense earlier on in the season. It's been injured. Like, throughout the year, it's been injured. Not one guy, but it's like every week they had a different guy who was just missing. Now everyone is healthy last couple of games, and they've been playing a lot better. Willie Gay is back. He is playing well. Uh, LeJarrius Sneed is playing very well. They added Melvin Ingram, uh, and they've gotten a lot more pressure now when you look at them over the last four weeks. They're actually ninth overall in pressure rate on the season. Mentioned EPA per play offensively. They're 10th defensively over the last three games. All right, so they have been better for sure defensively. Now, the Cowboys are great. It's a great team, um, but they're not as good defensively as everybody sort of wants or expects them to be. They've done a good job of getting pressure for most of the season, even though they haven't had DeMarcus Lawrence. But now they're without Randy Gregory. He's on IR here. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, with the calf injury, he led the team with 20 quarterback pressure. So it is a big deal in terms of them being able to get pressure. Defense is good, but it's much more about them being opportunistic and forcing turnovers. They take chances. And when you take chances against the Chiefs, I think that that's just something that's, that's going to burn you eventually. And offensively, they are great, but they've been home forever, okay? They've been home. They opened two games on the road, so they've been home five of their last seven games. They're a different team on the road, not nearly as good. Tyron Smith may still miss this game. CeeDee Lamb's a little banged up. I think, you know, Kansas City's going to get some pressure here, again, just based on how much they've been getting pressure lately. I think that's going to force Dak into just enough mistakes. I think the Chiefs win this game. If you're giving it to me under a field goal, at home, in Arrowhead, I'm taking the leap, Mike. I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on it. Let's just go with regression, Dan. Dallas is 8-1 against the spread. They're 4-0 against the spread on the road. I mean, these lines get sharper as the year goes on. Do you really think the Cowboys are going to go undefeated against the spread on the road? I love how this number is staying under three, if you Not like loaded. Kansas City. Yep. Kansas City, 3-7 and seven against the spread, 0-5 oh, against the spread at home. So if you just want to go from a regression standpoint, that's the play. I think Kansas City had turned a corner against the Raiders. Patrick Mahomes has been off on his deep passes. He missed Tyreek Hill down the sideline last game. He missed McCole Harbin in the end zone. But what have they been doing to compensate? They're getting more short, quick hitters. You saw Byron Pringle involved last yes. week. The Chiefs defense is getting better. I think the Cowboys are legit. I think they're a Super Bowl contender. But yep. Kansas City at home in Arrowhead, Andy Reid starting to figure it out. 
Melvin Ingram, really under the radar trade. Pittsburgh to Kansas City, he played big, had a couple big sticks last week as well against the Raiders. I am on the side with you as the Chiefs, just banking on some regression. I mean, if you think the Cowboys are going to go undefeated against the spread on the road and the Chiefs are going to go winless against the spread at home, then fine, I guess you back the Cowboys here, but I'm not. I like the two and a half. It keeps on our number three. I'm with you on Kansas City. And we didn't really talk about Melvin Ingram that much because he wasn't playing that much with the Steelers. Like, they were just like, I'm sorry, you can't crack the depth chart, but he has been very good since he's been with the Chiefs, and I really do think it changed it. And what the Chiefs finally did is they they dinked and dunked a little bit more to open up the bigger play, which is what you wanted. I don't know if Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to come back this week, hopefully, right. but Andy Reid is, is put you know, he's poo-pooing a little bit, but Darrell Williams has been very capable, especially as a pass catcher. So I just think, man, in this, it's going to be a great game. I can't wait to watch it. I almost am sad to going to have some action on it, but still, I think if you were under a field goal, and again, I don't think it moves. I think we are locked in right here at two and a half. We have been all week. I'm going to go with the Chiefs to win it. Last pick, Mike, go for it. Listen, if it ain't broke, Dan, don't fix it. Mike Tomlin on the road, Mike Tomlin is an underdog, has been an incredible bet so far. He gets the team ready. He gets them fired up. They are 17 and four. That's 81% against the spread, the Steelers with Tomlin as an underdog since 2018. Since September of 2019, they are 12 and three against the spread as an underdog. As a favorite, and I bet it last week and it continued on, they have lost their last eight games against the spread. They're 0-8 when they are a favorite. So now we're down on Pittsburgh. They tied Detroit at home. Everyone's frustrated. There's injuries there. We're worried about TJ Watt. Is Roethlisberger going to play? This is where Tomlin is superior. They're going on the road. They're playing a Charger team that is dead last in rush defense DVOA. Dead last. Najee Harris, who's been fantastic. The volume has played really, really well. Another under-the-radar point. Last week, Roethlisberger was announced out on Saturday, which means to me that all week long, Pittsburgh really didn't prepare Mason Rudolph. He was kind of thrown in last minute. Mason Rudolph is very capable in these spots. I think back to an old a game when Steelers played the Chargers. I think it was Monday Night Football where Michael Vick was the quarterback because Roethlisberger was out. And the Steelers won that game at the very end where Le'Veon Bell got into the end zone. I love Pittsburgh here. I think it's around five and a half. I would love it even more if they announced that Mason Rudolph is starting because you know what will happen? The line will go in the other direction. We'll get six, six and a half. I'm fine with it. They had a full week of practice. No one believes in us. I know there's injuries for the Steelers. There's also injuries for the Chargers. No Joey Bosa. Mike Williams has been really struggling. I think in fantasy, he was the wide receiver too for the first five weeks. And the last five weeks, he's been the wide receiver 80. So he's struggling as well. Heavy dose of Najee Harris. The Steelers can absolutely win this game. And it's way too many points. Sometimes you want to follow a trend. Sometimes you don't. In this case, I am sticking with it. Tomlin is great in these spots. The Steelers absolutely think they can win the division. We're hearing Lamar Jackson may be out against the Bears. So they need this game. They're angry. They're focused. And the trend works in our favor. I will take the Steelers and the points. And I'll take it whether it's Ben, who should be back, or Mason Rudolph. Doesn't matter to me. Yeah, that was the question, whether or not you felt the same. And look, I I talk about it almost every week. Like, Put everything else aside. There are Tomlin spots where you know what's going to happen. You don't back him as a large favorite. You almost always back him as an underdog, a road underdog for sure, but any underdog that he just gets his guys up, man. Like, right? Like, this is what happens every week. And you make a great point, by the way. 
Ben self-reported symptoms last week on Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. So you're right. They went, and it's not like Mason Rudolph's, you know, been that impressive, generally speaking, when he's played. Mm-hmm. But regardless, it's a big deal when you're like on Saturday when you haven't had any chance to practice. Then suddenly a guy's like, "Oh, you're starting right now." It's a it's big deal. Also, and all the rain and everything like that, and just how bad that was. This is a spot they're embarrassed. The fact that they tied the Lions and everything like that. Yeah, man, it's a spot. And I do think that the Chargers are are overrated right now. And I don't, yes. it's six and a half, by the way, to a lot of books. So it's five and a half to six and a half consensus line, five and a half. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I worry a little bit about the charges. Justin Herbert has, you know, there are metrics that suggest that he's been better than he's played, but I do think that he's struggling a little bit with this offense, which is not all that unexpected. So I like this spot. This is a good one for you. Um, again, probably wouldn't have been one of my picks, but I did like it a lot. I'd rather get uglier though, Mike. I'd rather get really ugly, okay? I'd rather get Texans getting 10 from the Titans (laughs) ugly. Let's get really ugly. Now, I want this at 10 and a half, okay? Our sponsor is BetMGM. If you can bet on BetMGM, do it for this game because it's 10 and a half. But the majority of books are at 10. Mike, there's no way the Titans are as good as this 8 and 2 number one seed in the AFC, right? Like, put aside before I get into it. Do you, you think the Titans are the best team in the AFC, Mike? No, I do not, especially not with without Derrick Henry. No, that's way. what I mean, right? And you look, by the way, you're like, wow, they continue to win. They're well coached, but they have gotten breaks here. And you look at what their offense has done without Derrick Henry; it's not good. Like the fact that they beat the Rams. I mean, they had the the pick six. They didn't gain a ton of yards on offense or anything like that. I get that they've beaten everyone: the Chiefs, the Bills, the Colts. Uh, the Rams, um, but you can't have these toe-to-toe games with these huge teams like this every single week and just not eventually have some sort of letdown. I'm not picking the Texans to win, let's make it clear, Um, but this is a letdown spot for them. The Titans are 18th overall in DVOA, 18th, like a middle-of-the-road team. They're down Derrick Henry, as we just said. They're down Julio Jones, and you look at how they play under Mike Vrabel. They play to the level of competition a little bit. They play up when they've got the really good teams. They play down when they've got the bad teams. Um, the offense, again, has not really been good without Derrick Henry right now. They haven't gained a ton of yards. It's just been a lot of short fields, a lot of turnovers. The Texans are terrible. I, I'm not defending the Texans any way, shape, or form. But I do think that it should be a different team with Terod Taylor. And we're like, well, what about, you know, when before the bye, Terod Taylor came back, looked like maybe the worst quarterback in football. We see rust, guys. Okay, we saw it with Russell Wilson. We even saw it with Aaron Rodgers sort of not practicing for 10 days. Stepping back in, we took for granted, I think, that Taylor was going to be able to step up against an improving Dolphins defense, as I think we are now all understanding. Like, he turned the ball over a million times. He's not going to do that again. That's not sort of what Terod Taylor does. It's a divisional game. Weird things sort of happen in divisional games. This just does not strike me as a game that the Titans are just going to completely roll. And even if they do win handily, I think you'll have enough with Taylor to have the potential for a backdoor cover. If you can get 10.5, please go get 10.5. But even at 10, Mike, I don't know, man. I think the Texans lose this game by a field goal. How ugly? How ugly is this? Probably the ugliest game on the board. Ugly is beautiful. (laughs) You you said it perfectly. Houston is really sitting in the perfect spot to get Tennessee. Tennessee has played Buffalo, the Chiefs, at the Colts, at the Rams, the Saints, and next week at New England. If there is ever going to be a flat spot for Tennessee, this is it. 
10 and a half, right. They can get a backdoor cover. This is a Houston team that almost beat the Patriots at home. And you know what, Belichick with his preparation. So yes, I think they're overvalued. I lost that bet, the Texans at the Dolphins prior to their bye week. Yeah, Taylor turned it over so many times. I think it was five and a half. If he just didn't turn over one of those times, I think they cover. The Dolphins at home have been certainly tough. You saw what they did against the Ravens. I think it's way too many points. It's the perfect flat spot. And listen, I think Tennessee... Kudos to Vrabel and the whole crew. They're due for a stinker here. Some negative regression. They can win this game ugly by three or six points, and we still cover. And, of course, you have the back door. Yes, flat spot. Tyrod Taylor plays better. Texans, I agree. And the bottom line is just like the offense without Derrick Henry, where we're taking it for granted because of the fact that they've won the last two games, yes. it has not been good. I, yeah. And they played tough defenses, of course. I mean, the, the Rams and the Saints. But they're barely squeaking by sort yep. of, you know, there. And again, they had the fluky pick six and the short fields and everything like that against the Rams. Yes. I don't know, man. Off a of bye. All Texans all day long. I love it. OK, very quickly. Let me recap. Mike, uh, you are taking. Let me get there. Sorry, I've totally got it. It's fine. I was not jotting notes. Definitely not. OK, you're taking the Vikings two and a, plus uh, two and a half uh, against the Packers. You were taking the Seahawks. Getting three. Uh, no, no, I think it's two and a half now against the Cardinals. And you are taking the Steelers getting five and a half here uh, against the Chargers. Uh, I am taking the Raiders getting one against the Bengals. The Chiefs slaying two and a half against the Cowboys. And of course, the greatest pick of all time, the Texans getting 10 against the uh, Titans, let's run through the remaining spreads real quick, okay? Mike, actually, I'm going to, we'll, we'll hold you to it. We'll see where you are right now because people might be listening to this after the game. We can know whether or not you were right or wrong. Or what are you doing tonight? The spread now is six and a half with uh, the the Falcons getting six and a half from the Pats. Yeah, it's it's really a toss up for me. I'm kind of staying away. My favorite move is to tease the, the Patriots down. I don't think the Patriots lose this game. Yeah. I also like the Falcons in the first half. Uh, they're getting three and a half at most books, plus three and a half in the first half. I think they come out strong. I think the Patriots win. And so the Falcons are limited. They're home. But just the fact that the Patriots dominated by so much against the Browns and the Falcons look so bad against the Cowboys makes me lean to a stay away here. I don't trust the Falcons, certainly. But could this be six points? Absolutely. So I'm teasing the Patriots down and I like the Falcons first half plus three and a half. But I'm not going to play the spread. I think it's too high. It's a really tough game just because everything that you look at is the classic buy low, sell high, right? That Falcons look like the worst team in football. They may be down Cordero Patterson. The Patriots look like the best team in football, dismantling the Browns in a game again that I was on the Browns. But that's it's just tough because the personnel does not do it. I have it at the Falcons plus seven, a very minor taste. It's now down to six and a half, which is not enough for me. Uh, I don't feel greatly confident in it. But full disclosure, and you can see in the betting pros app and I am on the Falcons plus seven, so I will be watching and vomiting a little bit tonight. The Dolphins are visiting the Jets. They are laying three and a half against the Joe Flacco-led Jets. This was three early in the week. It's now three and a half. What do you think? I like the Jets and the points. Uh, These rivalry games have been so crazy either way. The Dolphins are playing well, but they may be a little overvalued coming off the Ravens. I know it's Joe Flacco, but Michael Carter's been excellent. They have to continue to get Elijah Moore involved. And the Jets defense has been decent here. These games are so, so many crazy things, right, Dan? We had the Chad Pennington revenge game. We had the Dan Marino fake spike. We had the Jets down, I think, 30-7 to in the fourth quarter. Had a massive comeback and won that game. So I'm going to take the points in this game, in this rivalry, and I'll take it with the Jets here. I don't love it because it's Flacco, but I'm going to grab the points in what I think is a coin flip. 
Yeah, I'm staying away. I, I mean, I don't want it. Yes, this this has a historically like bizarre rivalry with these two teams. And again, I use the word rivalry very, very loosely because it really hasn't been that. Um, but yes, I, I do recall all those games vividly. It's been very exciting to watch. Um, but I'm staying away. What about the Saints visiting the Eagles here, Mike? The Eagles are laying two. It's a really interesting game. What do you think? Yeah, I'm hearing that Kamara's back, which would be yep. big. And listen, the Eagles have been much better than I thought they would be. And Jalen Hurts really has played well. That was a nice game against the Broncos. Yeah. But Sean Payton is a great strategist. And he did barely cover against the Titans on the road. But this team is good. They still have a tremendous offensive line. They're going to run the ball. I expect Taysom Hill to get worked in a little bit more. And I trust Sean Payton and this offensive line. And you know the Saints defense is great. So I think Hurts can make a couple mistakes. He's played well. But I trust the Saints more, and I trust Peyton. Again, similar to last week, I'll go back and take the points. And if Kamara plays, I think that line goes the other way. So I like New Orleans and Sean Peyton here on the road. Strikes me as something I want to tease up with the Saints, yes. to tease yes. it up from Excellent. two to maybe eight. Because I do think the Saints win this game, but the Eagles really are playing exceptionally well. And this is the spot, since they've changed their offense philosophy. And if they win this game, by the way, given their remaining schedule, right, it's a ton of Giants and Washington. Like, they really should make the playoffs if they win this game, and they, they probably know that, yep. right? So yep. it's a big game for them, but, yeah, it's really tough to fade the Saints here after a couple tough losses with how well-coached they are. So I lean towards the Saints getting the two, but I'd really much prefer to tease them up. You almost had this game, Mike. You switched it out. The Panthers are now laying three to the Washington football team. Only because it's three, Dan. I love the Panthers in this spot, but I do think Washington's playing well. Ron Rivera, revenge game, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Uh, no Chase Young. Cam is back, and I think he's going to play very, very well. Christian McCaffrey last week, only a 62% snap share, had the overall, I believe, RB1 or RB2 performance with 10 receptions. I know Antonio Gibson looked good, which is what you're going to have to do against the Panthers is run the ball. But much like Missouri, I'm the show-me state. I need to see Mr. Gibson do it again here. I don't trust Taylor Heineke. They really have struggled. If Fitzpatrick was healthy, I think Washington could have really been pretty decent this year. But Heineke's been very up and down. The Carolina defense is legit. Stephon Gilmore, two interceptions. He's not even playing that many snaps. I think that increases here. There's good 50-50 action. I love Carolina if it gets under three to two and a half or two because I think they keep rolling and they get a win here. They've righted the ship. And with Cam under center, that's huge. Uh, but with three and a half, I'm kind of not crazy about it. So I'd stay away. If it's down to three, it's a close bet. If it's under three, it's an automatic push for me with the Panthers. It's basically three or three and a half at every book. Mm -hmm. It's basically 50-50. Consensus line, technically three because of, you know, that's probably the majority by like one book or anything like that. I kind of like Washington at three and a half. It wouldn't be a, a one that I would bet, um, certainly. Um, but I kind of just feel like I don't know necessarily what we're going to expect to see here from Cam. The defense is legit. I, I've always just thought the Washington football team should be better than it is, even without Chase Young. So it's pretty much a stay away from me. I could see it at three and a half. I could see the Panthers at under three, like you said, basically. We're, we're basically seeing it largely the same way. Bills at home, seven, laying seven against the Colts. You know, the Colts have been playing well. I just think the Bills' run defense is the big difference here. With the exception of the Derrick Henry game, the Bills have shut down the opposing running back. Going back to Najee Harris, Miles Gaskin, you name the running back, you can't run it on them. So it's going to have to be Carson Wentz in the passing game. On the road, that makes me nervous. I know it's a big number, but the Bills really were upset about that stumble against Jacksonville. Stephon Diggs got going last week against the Jets. I am laying the points here with Buffalo. It's not one of my top picks, 
but I don't see a situation where Jonathan Taylor goes crazy. I actually put him as a fade in my fantasy article because I think his price is too high in DFS. Mm-hmm. And the Colts are going to need Jonathan Taylor to have a big game to keep this game close. Bills have a lot of weapons. Zach Moss looks back. Dawson Knox is back, which is huge against the Indianapolis defense. Yep. So I'm laying the points. It reminds me of the game earlier in the year where Washington went to Buffalo. It was like nine and a half and people all over it. And the yeah. Bills hung a number. Colts, if you like the Colts, that means you believe Taylor is going to beat up that run defense of Buffalo, which just hasn't happened outside of the you know immovable object, which is Derrick Henry. Yeah, this is a big game for both teams, right? The Colts are five and five. They need to win to stick up. Bills suddenly have the Patriots breathing down their neck. If the Pats win tonight, this is a game where they've got to win. There are a couple of seven and a halfs out there. Fox bet, for example, points bet. That, you know, I, I would be okay with the Colts, frankly, at, at over a touchdown. At a touchdown, I'm just staying away. Bills, Buffalo's very difficult place to play, especially as it gets late into the year, as we're getting right now. So it is something where I'm a little nervous about it. I'd probably stay away. But I kind of lean Colts a little bit if you're getting the hook over seven. 49ers visiting the Jaguars, six and a half points. What do you think? Give me the Jaguars. Uh, the, selling the Niners off a big win here on the road. Jaguars pass defense has been pretty sneaky. I mean, we just saw this Jaguars team play well against Buffalo. Here comes Jimmy G. I kind of like the Jaguars here. I think they keep it close. I will take the points with a home team. Like San Francisco and the way they're going, they're going to have to run it down the throat of the Jaguars. And I like Jeff Wilson has been back. I think he looked pretty good last week. He's starting to get acclimated. But Elijah Mitchell is always hurt. I don't think Debo Samuel runs wild like he did in the last game because I do trust the Jaguars a little bit on the pass defense. So I'll take the points with the Jaguars here. On the, you know, I, I'm not ready to lay a touchdown with Jimmy G on the road. I'm just not. I think the sharp side is clearly the Jaguars, as it almost always is with the Jaguars involved. I just, it, again... I'm just being honest to stay away from me, stay away (laughs) from me, like completely, because I I think the Jaguars are the right side and I I cannot pull the trigger on Urban Meyer with that one. We mentioned Lamar Jackson. There are questions because he's been sick. The Ravens right now are on the road against the Bears coming off a bye. Right now, the consensus line is five, but it varies. There are sixes out there. There are four and a halfs out there. It's all over the place a little bit. So let's just take it a five. What I mean, do you just stay away because we don't know what's going on with Lamar Jackson or what? It's either a stay away because of Lamar or, like you've said before, tease it up with Chicago. Justin Fields has played well at home. They competed. The defense is strong. The question is, can the Ravens adjust if it's Lamar against the pressure? The Dolphins basically said, Lamar, beat us with your arm. We're not going to let you run. And they blitzed the house and he couldn't handle it. So, of course, Harbaugh is going to adjust. But Lamar is a a big unknown for me. So I don't know how he's going to go. And I want to stay away. But I think it's very viable to tease up the Bears because you tease it up now. Suppose Lamar Jackson doesn't play. Now you're getting 11, 12 points of value with Justin Fields and the Bears at home, which is fair. Darnell Mooney's been great. Allen Robinson, not as much. And David Montgomery is back, which could mean good things for him. So even against a tough Ravens Ravens run defense. So stay away right now. But if you want to, you can tease it up. Browns are at home laying 11 to the Lions. It does sound like Baker Mayfield's going to play. We're still waiting on Nick Chubb to get cleared. But this is... Obviously, Jared Goff, we have questions as to whether or not he's going to play. And if he can't play, can he be effective? So 11 points or some 11 and a half right now. This was 10 when I took a look at it on Monday. So 11 now. What do you think? Yeah, it's still uncertain with the running back situation. I think Kareem Hunt is out. Nick Chubb may yes. be out. A lot of unknowns here. Baker admit that he's hurting. It's a lot of points. It's a stay away. Uh, Jared Goff doesn't play. I don't know how you take the Lions in that situation, yeah. but it's just a lot of points. It's a stay away with a lot of unknowns. But certainly, I think the Browns win. The question is, do they cover? And I'm not sure. I'm um, out on it as well. Last game here, Monday Night Football. 
Bucks looking to bounce back here against the Giants, now laying 11. Again, this was something that was 10 when I first looked at it, 10 and a half. Now it's 11. What do you think? It's, it's a stay away. You could tease down the Bucks if you wanted to. What I really like here is the over because I think the Giants are going to score points. And there, Brady's going to want to hang a number and try to get this team back on track. Leonard Fournette's been fantastic. So the number is high, and Daniel Jones reeks of a backdoor cover with this number. Um, there's no side on the Giants that I would take. I like the Buccaneers, probably like to get that number down. But again, laying double digits in the NFL, Dan, is hard, especially in this spot. So probably lean more towards the over because I do think the Giants will put up points, and I know the Buccaneers at home will put up points. I'm with you. I like the over as well. I would avoid the spread entirely just because Danny Dimes on the road, that's where he does it. So uh, that is something where I am avoiding. Let me just quickly, again, recap before I let you go here. You are on the Vikings getting two and a half from the Packers. The Seahawks getting, I think it's two and a half, maybe three. I'll check whatever the consensus line is. I'll take three. You'll take three? I like it. I'll give you two and a half, though, because that's what the consensus line is, sucker. Um, All right. Seahawks getting two and a half. Uh, from the Cardinals. Again, that's that's a pick I'm, I'm definitely on as well. And you are taking the Steelers getting five and a half here from the Chargers. I am taking the Raiders getting one from the Bengals, the Chiefs laying two and a half to the Cowboys and the uh, Texans, thankfully, getting 10 from the Titans. Mike, I, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Just remind everybody where they can check you out in your work. You can follow me on Twitter at Randall Rand and all the great stuff for the Action Network. And every Thursday, the Road of His Fantasy Football Mailbag, which I have to get you on, Dan, by the way. Yeah, what the heck? Every every week, Thursday morning, we preview the Thursday games and talk about the weekend. All right, good. Well, I look forward then to popping on your podcast. Uh, In the meantime, I hope everybody has a great football Sunday and weekend. Just generally enjoy it. We'll be back as we always are. On Monday, take an early look at the Week 12 lines. Goodness gracious. Can't believe we're there already. I'll talk to you then, guys. We'll